0: back to the drawing board, and the Lord led me here, and then everything else just confirmed. So I'm excited, but it's not a normal evangelistic message. So, preach with me tonight, amen? And you don't really have to. You're a mega church compared to what I'm used to, okay? And I've been to jails and and prisons with one person. I've learned to get my anointing from God and not from the congregation. I don't need you to preach with me at all. So you can sit there stunned if you want. But I am asking you to preach with me. If you're ready, say amen. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. This last verse, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, for the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. I want to preach tonight necessary pain. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to worship you, Lord. We felt your presence. But, God, it's not enough just to come here and get a warm and fuzzy feeling, Lord. It's not enough just to come here and say, we've been here. Lord, we've got to receive what you have for us, Lord. We've got to finish the service, God. Lord, I know you've laid something on my heart. God, I rebuke any distraction. Lord, I rebuke any hindrance, Lord. Lord, I pray for sincerity. I pray for conviction, Lord. I pray for open ears and open hearts and open minds. God have your way here, Lord. Let the anointing rule, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless it, Lord Jesus. Your will, your favor, Lord God. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Yes, Lord. Much better. Much better. You do that. I like that one better. Good job. Now, this passage is obviously a prophecy about Jesus. It didn't take much of a Bible scholar to figure that out, okay? That Isaiah was prophesying what was going to happen. And there's a painting of smiling Jesus. You ever seen that painting of smiling Jesus? It's actually of great debate. There are people that are offended by it because of this verse here. He's a man of sorrows. They cannot picture him smiling. They say it conflicts. I believe he smiles. I believe he was every bit human, okay? I believe he laughed. I believe he had good times. I believe he had good moments. I believe he could even tell a joke and make you laugh. But without a doubt, he did have sorrow. He was a man of sorrows. That doesn't mean he walked around miserable. You cannot walk around miserable and be as magnetic as he was. But he was a man of sorrows. He endured pain. He, he endured suffering. He, he endured so much. And the hard thing I need you to understand tonight is that it was necessary. It was necessary. It was not necessary for his sake. It was necessary for our sakes. He would still be God either way. Okay? Okay? It's not like his deity depended on him completing Calvary. At any moment he could have changed his mind and he would still be God. He was not proving his love. He had nothing to prove. Rather he was demonstrating his love. It's who he was. It's what he was. It's what he is. He had a purpose in his mind. He had a purpose in his heart that we were worth it. That we needed it. And that made it necessary. Let me ask you tonight: What is your purpose? Now I know I've already commented that there's a lot of folks here tonight, but the pastor said there's a lot of folks missing. That blows my mind. But let's look at the empty pews. Beside those that we know where they're at, what about those that are that should be here and they're not? And I'm not necessarily talking about the ones that are just playing hooky. I'm talking about your lost son. I'm talking about the backslidden mother and father. What is your purpose tonight? The pain is necessary. But we don't like it. We preach an easy Jesus. We preach an easy gospel. And... Society wants you to believe in a care-bearer church. But that's not the gospel in the Bible. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus was about, and they came to him and they told him about another sect that was brutally murdered and martyred. And and they wanted Jesus to tell them how how God was going to destroy the Gentiles, how God was going to destroy the Romans. But instead, he preached salvation. He preached repentance. They were oppressed under the Romans, and they wanted freedom from their oppression. They wanted, that's what they wanted from their Messiah. They wanted a warrior to come in and set them free. But Jesus came in and gave them salvation. Maybe we're looking for a different, for a different Messiah than what he's offering. We're wanting the Messiah to come in and massage our back and make the pain go away. But instead, he's offering us an altar and saying, come unto me, those are a labor heavy burden, and I will give you rest. <laughs> we're, we're wanting someone that'll come and we'll take the bad guys away and we'll say it's okay. But he's saying, take up your cross and follow after me. The pain is necessary. He's wanting somebody who's willing to fight. Somebody who's willing to get in it and stay in it. He's not in it for the weaklings. But he's in it for those who will endure. They wanted freedom. And he offered them salvation. Salvation is your freedom. Everything else will pass away. But heaven and earth shall pass away, but his words will endure forever. You're going to struggle. You're going to feel abandoned. Brother H, you're supposed to be preaching evangelistic, you're supposed to be picking me up. Listen, you're going to feel misunderstood. You're going to feel unappreciated. And I'm not talking about by the world. I'm talking about by your family. I'm talking about maybe by the person sitting beside you. There may be strife within your own house. You may feel neglected. But Jesus said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Quit making excuses for being weak. And I'm not coming to you as a G.I. Joe. I'm coming to you as somebody who battles depression and anxiety. I'm coming to you as somebody from the battlefield. I don't have this whipped. I rebuke the preachers who say all you need is a good altar call. They don't know. You ever deal with addicts? Some of them are healed instantly, and some of them have to go through the process. It's the same God, but he chooses different methods. Some battles God won with the hornets, and sometimes they lost some lives. We never know how God's going to let us win our battles. But we have to be willing to fight, and the pain is necessary to get to the other side. Fight the good fight. John Stuart Mill, one of my favorite quotes, says, War is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. The decayed and degraded state of moral and patriotic feeling which thinks that nothing is worth a war is much worse. He goes on to say, A man who has nothing which he is willing to fight for, nothing which he is willing, nothing which he cares more about than he does his personal safety is a miserable creature who has no chance of being free unless made and kept so by the exertions of better men than himself. I'm, I, I have no patience for a coward. No patience for a coward. I don't care if you're scared. Do it anyway. Eleazar fought for so long that his hand claved to the sword. Sometimes the fight transforms you. I'm not here to tell you you'll ever be the same. When you get done with this fight, you may be crippled from it. You may have a limp for the rest of your life. That don't mean my God's any weaker. Sometimes you got to go through it and the pain is necessary. Joshua was fighting a battle and the battle was taken all day and the sun started to go down. And he prayed and the sun stood still long enough for them to finish their fight. i shared this thought with Brother Warmington a few months back. Can you imagine having faith like that? Having faith to stop the sun I don't have that faith if I do I'd have a, I'd have a different job by now <laughs> with that kind of faith what else could he have asked for instead he could have just as easily asked to end the war he could have just as easily said God wipe them out give me an escape where's those chariots of fire that you gave Elijah? listen to what the man of God asked for give me more time to finish my fight he didn't ask for an escape route he didn't look for an easy out he said I have a fight and I need to finish it God give me more time Hallelujah. Hold back that son. I'm not done fighting. I still got work to do. Come on now somebody. Quit praying for an easy out. Quit praying for the easy way. And hang in there. Start praying for more strength. Start praying to power up. I know you're hurting. But I'm not here to preach healing. I'm here to preach, hang in there. Matthew 10 and 22 says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Not he that finds a loophole and prays hard enough to get out. To the end. Because it's worth it. Your soul is worth it. I don't know who I'm talk- I don't know who needs the Holy Ghost, but you need the Holy Ghost. It's worth fighting for. I don't know how long you've been praying for it, but it's never a matter of God not ready to give it to you yet. It's a matter of us not getting over our own thick skulls. Whether we're trying to understand it, we're trying to figure it out, get over it. Whatever you got to do, you got to keep fighting yourself to get to it. It's worth it. Quit trying to read a book and figure out how to get it. Quit trying to justify why you don't have it. Get it. You know what? Your son needs it. Your children need it. And if you got to keep fighting the devil every day, then you better put on your boxing gloves and get to work. And don't you give up until they get it. It's worth it. If it takes 30 years, then you better pray for 30 years. Your parents are worth it. You better keep fighting. We don't have time to give up. We don't have the faith. That, we don't have the faith to stop the sun. We've got to keep fighting now. Yes. To the end. To the end. It's gonna hurt. Your family may not understand. It's okay. You may stick out like a sore thumb. That's okay. We're a peculiar nation. We're a peculiar people. I was hoping no one caught that. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was called to a huge honor. Huge honor. God chose her. To be the vessel to carry the unborn baby. But do you understand that it came at an equally huge cost? The embarrassment, the ridicule, the judgment. And she accepted it. She said that pain is necessary because of my commitment to my God. I don't care about my reputation. I'm willing to lose my betrothed over it. She didn't know if Joseph was going to stay or not. Where are you at in your commitment? Are you in this for the long haul? Are you in this to the end? Like the pastor said, make up your mind tonight. Make it up now. I don't know who's playing the altar call. Sixty-eights, okay. I never know. You know, as we talk it out. This message is not all gloom and doom. I didn't come here to tell you that life is going to stink. I came to tell you that the pain is necessary. I came to tell you that, at the same time, that while it's going to hurt, He's with you. You're not abandoned. You're not alone. You're not the only one hurting. You're not the only one frustrated. You're not the only one struggling. And boy, that's one of the biggest tricks. We feel guilty for hurting. We feel guilty for struggling. You're not weak for struggling. Some of you may have heard this analogy a million times. Some of you have never heard it before But it works If you go Into the Olympic weightlifters Weight room And close your eyes You're going to hear A lot of struggling You're going to hear a lot of grunting And a lot of fighting Almost painful By listening to the sound You would think that they were weak but they're not weak. They're just lifting a lot of weight. When you go through life and you're grunting from your struggles and you're grinding in your fight, you're not weak. You're just carrying a lot of weight. You may very well be breaking a world record it's just heavy your struggle does not make you weak but you have to get it there because this is what it takes to get your family to an altar if you quit what example do they have we are all in this together I like his story story of Mary and Martha I want to throw a different caveat to it. Yes, Mary chose the good part. But what if she had a regret when Jesus left and she realized that maybe, because it doesn't say he ever got fed. What if Martha was so busy that Jesus didn't get fed because she didn't have time? And what if Mary had regrets later on? It's like, oh my Lord. The Master was there and I didn't serve Him. And Martha obviously had regrets. I was so busy working that I didn't sit at his feet. But if they had worked together, if Mary had helped Martha, it's possible they could. everyone could have got served and everyone could have sat at his feet. If the worshipers and the workers would get together and work together and worship together, I was thinking recently about the Ark of the Covenant and how they were moving it. Nobody ever moved the presence of God by the Ark. Somebody come and get a piece of the presence of God and let's move it together. It's heavy. It's hard on our shoulders. But if we do it together, we can move it. You're not the only one struggling. But if we lift it together, it gets easier. It's not all on you. Let's stand. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I know you felt weak. I know you've been tired. I know you've been close to quitting. I know I'm talking to somebody. But those feelings are good. That means you've been working. That means you've been in the field. The couch potato has it easy, but the worker's the one that's tired. I'm here to tell you that you do have the strength to hang in there. You can do the things you've been called to do. You can be who he's called you to be. I want you to picture the things that you've been working for and tell yourself it's worth it. I'm going to give an altar call not to come feel sorry for yourself, but to renew your strength. Lord, I need another dose of the Holy Ghost. God, I need a renewing of my mind. Will you come and find a place to pray? God, I've got folks that need the Holy Ghost. God, I need the Holy Ghost. Lord, our city needs the Holy Ghost. Lord, I don't know when's the last time I've seen somebody baptized. God, I need you. Will you come, find a place to pray. Renew your strength to endure the necessary pain.